welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing, recorded at the PW offices in New York City. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly and Co-Editor of PW Comics World. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. And I'm Heidi McDonald. I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Comics Beat at comicsbeat.com. And you can check us out on Twitter at, at PW Comics World. I'm Kate Fitzsimmons, I'm the podcast producer, and you can find us online on Tumblr at pwcomicsworld.tumblr.com. And don't forget, you can subscribe to More to Come on iTunes and on Facebook. We're at facebook.com slash pwcomicsworld. And also, don't forget, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. And if you like this podcast, please leave us a comment. Like us on iTunes. Yes. Like us somewhere. Yes. Let Talk us to know. Us. Talk to us. Uh, we love our listeners, and we listen to our listeners. It's ironic. <laughs> That's right. So so leave us a note, would you? Okay. Uh, this week, the year in review. And we're going to look at the year in publishing. The year in comics media, the year in comics culture and scandals. Uh, we'll take a look at the year in manga and in remembrance of uh, those who are no longer with us. So, uh, the year in publishing, where do we start? It's been an action-packed year. Well, you know, last year we had some, um, you know, sales kind of went in the crapper last year. And a lot of people said there'd be some turmoil this year, and they were right. <laughs> there was well, turmoil everywhere. Turmoil uh, everywhere. Yeah, I mean, it, it's almost very interesting. Everywhere. Almost everywhere. Well, I mean, obviously, I mean, sales, um, uh, if we look at the year, if it was at the end of 2017, of course, sales were uh, down, you know, fairly significantly in the direct market, flat in the book trade. I think we're looking at overall this year, before we have any final numbers, uh, you know, we were talking about this earlier, a flat year. But, uh, but obviously, um, if comics are not selling, something's got to change. Right. Well, we saw two companies change ownership, more or less. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the year kind of started off with Valiant, actually. Uh, Dinesh Shamdasani, the longtime publisher, uh, was out, O-U-T, and the financiers who are uh, connected to China, I, there's always a little bit of, they always yeah. try to give you a little different idea, but, you know, most of the money, the investment money for Valiant came from China. And so the, the fellow who was in charge of that... Uh, pretty much, uh, you know, has taken over running Valiant. And so that started out. And then just a few months ago, Dark Horse announced that they were selling a majority stake to a Chinese company. Um, and Mike Richards, uh, Richardson, owner, you know, yep. saying it was all good. And uh, there you go. So two comics companies owned by China now. Yeah. Um... Hey, if you're going to type stuff, oh. uh, just be careful to, like... Stop talking for a minute because the quickies definitely show up. And also, okay. for some reason, uh, okay, yeah, um, uh, <laughs> Dark Horse president um, Mike Richardson uh, seemed to be a kind of coy about it. It's pretty clear that he still holds a stake in the company, but it's also pretty clear that a majority stake in Dark Horse yes, is owned I, by this new investor. Yes, he did not deny that he is now a minority owner of Dark Horse. So the company that he founded, or yeah. co-founded, he had a couple of uh, partners then, but uh, yeah. you know, certainly the guy most associated with uh, Dark Horse, and it's a yeah. family-run business uh, up until now, and um, boy, we'll yeah. see what happens with that. Vanguard Russia. Visionary Associates, um, a Chinese media production company headed by Stanley Chung. A yes. former Disney, Disney executive. A mysterious person yeah. about whom very little is known, yeah. actually. Yeah. We were not able to cook up too much on uh, on Google about him. So anyway, yeah. those were the two most visible, but there was a lot of change other places. There was yeah. like a musical chairs of personnel coming and going everywhere. Um, you know, Lion Forge significantly 
downsized, uh, laid off 12 people. So yeah. that was pretty huge. They really retrenched. And also their head stepped down. Jeff yeah, Gerber. yeah, Jeff Gerber. And Heidi got on. hired by them. That was last year. Well, that oh. was in 2017. <laughs> that was 2017. But, uh, but, you know, it seems like yesterday. Yes. So it does. <laughs> yes. So, uh, but, you know, the, I, I think the musical chair is among uh, publicists. Uh, well, editors also. So Chris Ryle. Started off mm-hmm. here yes. as the editor in chief of IDW, and then mm-hmm. he stepped down, and then he reemerged at Skybound, and then months went by, and then suddenly he reemerged at IDW as the <laughs> editor in chief of the publisher, the president, <laughs> and then Jeff uh, or Greg Goldstein, who had been yes, the publisher been. for quite a while, well, who had taken over from Ted Adams, and then he was O U T in yes. the wake of some sexual harassment allegations. So there you go. Yeah. Um, um, what, is the, what other companies? Did we was, mention Joe? Yeah, no, Joe Illich. No, who, there's another one. Who left Line Forge right. um, somewhere in like April, early in the year, and um, you know was going like gangbusters at uh, as the executive editor of uh, Valiant until he until he wasn't anymore, <laughs> <laughs> which is fairly recently in the last what two three weeks. I think we talked about the last. We podcast. just talked about it, really. So it's recent news, but yeah. um, now he is out of a job, also. Yes, and let me see. Uh, you know, Mel Kylo left uh, Boom, and then he yes. ended up at Valiant. And, yes, absolutely. Uh, good, and good then point. Keith Davidson was at IDW, and I think he went. No, no, no. He was at Dynamite, and he ended up at IDW. And, yeah. and um, what was his name? Uh, Stephen Scott left IDW. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, I uh, kind of lost track of where he went. Um, uh, he just went to spend more time with his personal writing. <laughs> That, that's oh, did he? Okay, yes, because yeah. he was a publicity oh, guy. Uh, excuse me, we are forgetting one of the biggest ones of all, Diane Nelson. Oh, of course, at, yes, at DC wow. Comics. Well, yes. she went on like a leave of absence earlier in the year, and some people thought that maybe this year of absence had something to do with the um, Justice League movie being such a big old flop. Except it wasn't really a flop, but everybody thought it was a flop. Well, I mean, I think it's not so much that it was a flop-flop as it did not perform to expectations. Yes, exactly. So, like, if you are expecting, say, $100 and you get $50, you're mad. But if you just got $50, you'd be like, wow, $50. I know, right. It's like that. Yes. Well, uh, she went on a leave of absence early in the year, and then in April she announced that she was leaving to spend more time with her family. Yes. And uh, also, there was a big shakeup at DC Films at the, around the same time, yeah. where Jeff Johns, who had been a huge part of DC, both their publishing and their media, uh, he announced that he was also leaving DC Films. In fact, there would be no more DC Films. So mm-hmm. Justice League claimed many victims, uh, and which is really a shame because it wasn't that I bad of a movie. Hundred percent agree with you. It's it, just you know, and I'm embarrassed to say, who's the replacement for Diane Nelson? Uh, that would be Pam Lifford. Yes, Pam Lifford. So, uh, and that kind of led to, um, you know, I think last year it seemed like Marvel was nothing but turmoil all the time. Um, you know, they had a lot of companies ago. So Axel Alonso left, CB mm-hmm. Sabalski came in, came John in. Knee joined. Um, mm-hmm. You know, this all happened at the end of last year, yeah. and uh, I would have to say I don't think Marvel really stepped in it too much. Yeah, well, this well, year they, was a rebuild year for they, Marvel. Yeah, they we'll, really have kept a low profile. M- more on this later, but but yeah, this was a, a year where Marvel kind of steadily chugged along, slowly back up that hill, you know, regaining lost ground. Yeah. So, well, uh, another thing on the business side, well, uh, well I will say this, um, um, Despite this fact that sales were either flat to down, uh, I will have to say this is a year that seems to me, particularly for the comics industry, 
an incredibly it seems to be an incredible sense of optimism about this business. Yes. Um, I, and that's I generally find that unusual among comics professionals. But it, 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 there seems to be, despite these um, some of these declines, really. And when I interviewed Milton Greep, um, you know, the CEO of ICB2 at New York Comic Con, he 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 talked mostly about how there are so many great comics for kids, how we're creating a new generation of readers for comics as they grow older. And I think part of this has to do with really the incredible number of new graphic novel imprints that have launched, either launched this year or launched last year, and the books were finally arriving right. this year. Yeah. What were the, Can you tell us but about But we something? can go down the list because there is a plenty. Yeah, um, and I think it's not just the kids' stuff. It's, it's not that, just kids. Though. I think it's also it's also that's where some of the positive mood is coming in. Yeah, because yes. people it hasn't borne fruit yet, but people are seeing all these new things and new experiments popping up all around them, and the money to fund it, and, absolutely, and are seeing a bright future ahead. Yes, and I mean there are a lot of, of kids' graphic novel uh, imprints, but they're not all kids' graphic yeah, novels yeah. without a doubt. Well, I mean, let's start. We can start with with certainly we can start with DC. I mean, they've launched. Both a, uh, a DC Zoom. The books are starting to come into play really now. But DC Zoom for uh, for kids. DC uh, Inc. Um, Black Label was launched early in the year. Uh, you know, meant to uh, actually create out of continuity pieces by celebrated authors. Um, I think one of the one of the sub- real stars of this new graphic novel generation, graphic novel imprint generation, was the National, um, the Naval Institute yes. Press and oh, Dead yes, Reckoning. Absolutely. I would never have predicted yeah. this place's existence. Yeah. Uh, um, I was impressed by the books. Uh, apparently, Military Times was also uh, their Machete mm-hmm. Squad uh, got cited uh, was one of their books of the year. Uh, I can go on. I think one of the biggest new imprints, of course, was Random House Graphics. Uh, and our our friend uh, uh, Gina Gagliano was named mm-hmm. to head it up. And you know that was another departure, though. That was another. That was a departure so from one. I mean, it's a zero sum game yes. to a certain she degree. She left for a second to go start her own imprint at Random House, yes. which is huge. Absolutely, yes. Uh, but uh, we can jump back to Lion Forge. They added Caracal, uh, yes. a, uh, a really a middle grade, if I'm not mistaken, right. imprint. Um, Vault Comics launched a, uh, a graphic novel imprint, um, called Myriad Editions. Mm-hmm. Uh, Humanoids, uh, not only launched a young reader's imprint, but also launched a, uh, memoir, a literary memoir. Right. Uh, line of graphic novels. Uh, uh, Abrams launched Megascope, which right. I think is, should be a really interesting imprint to look forward. It's going to be headed by John Jennings. Uh, kind of a one-man comics industry himself. He's um, among the many other things he's done is he uh, he along with his his cohort uh, Damian Duffy adapted um, Kindred uh, Octavia Butler's science fiction masterpiece. Uh, I can go on. Uh, well, the books from Burger Books finally came out this year. Uh, JY the um, uh, the new middle grade imprint at Yen Press started uh, publishing. Well, you're forgetting two. Yes. Uh, I can think of two more. Please. Uh, Ahoy Comics launched. Yes, like yes. Happy ab- Comics. Absolutely. It's not necessarily graphic novels, but I'm sure they yeah. will be collected. Eventually, And then yeah. just the other week, uh, just a couple days ago, TKO. Yes. Launched. I know. So, yeah. Um, you know, they never learn. They never learn. You know, and I'm going to mention one more. It's a little unusual. I'm going to actually work on a story about them. But it's called, I believe it's called Zoiker Press. Uh, graphic novels aimed at a YA market 
generally all about teenagers grappling with teen issues. Mm-hmm. It's really unusual. Simon & Schuster is doing their distribution. Uh, they've got about four books out. And they've got four more coming. Um, they look well, but they these fall roughly into both a YA category and graphic medicine because they're all with dealing with either like uh, cyberbullying. They all have a theme mm-hmm. that's usually about addressing either a, a syndrome or an illness. Right. So right. divorce and some other things. So, so people yeah. were, you know, people were definitely still eager to get into comics. And as you mentioned, though, most of them sort of are YA, uh, certainly. Yes, there's uh, a lot. A lot of YA mm-hmm. and uh, younger readers. But, you know, a couple of them are more kind of general, all age. Yeah, I mean, Dead Reckoning is all yeah, adult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, Humanoids definitely has some yeah. adult stuff mm-hmm. there or, you know, uh, more adult. And, um, yeah. So, yeah. so despite all the turmoil, uh, nobody was afraid to jump in. Yeah, no, there's 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 more books coming, folks. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, definitely for but, sure. But you know, on our next show, we're going to do forecast for 2019. But I'll just throw this in here, though. I expect we will see more comings and goings in 2019. Mm, we yeah. will definitely see some more consolidation and some more personnel changes. You know, I'm looking at my my comings and goings uh, category on. Um, on uh, the beat here, and you know, one we forgot about was Tom Akel. Oh yes, uh, yes, leaving, yes, yeah. At um, uh, Line Web, mm-hmm. uh, let's see. Um, trying to see, well, da- you know, David Brothers joined Viz. Mm-hmm. Let's see who else we have here. Oh, yeah. Jeremy Atkins. Oh, Meg no, joined us. That's right. <laughs> Meg Limke joined yes, PW. She did. Yeah, she pretty much started in uh, 2018. Let's see. Uh, yeah, I see a lot of people joining Lion Forge, so let's not even go there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, Valiant also hired a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, just looking yeah, right. quickly, yeah. So if there's any other ones that, that came... Um, Okay, um, so what say we segue to comics, the year in comics media? Yeah. Uh, well, well, no, hold on. Hold on. No, hold on okay. one second. Because I think there was a couple things still, I, just looking forward, and I, I do think, I, I, you guys are going to kill me when I say this, but I do think one of the biggest stories, uh, you know, for Marvel and DC, certainly, I mean, Mar- you know, DC, when they did this naked Batman, Batman's well, full I, frontal, that- like, it set off a chain of reactions inside the publisher. Okay, I would have thought we would have gone to that in content, but okay. I don't think we have a content. <laughs> no, let's we don't just... don't have a content. Let's just... Yeah. You know, but anyway, forward. yeah, and I, I, you know, I think that, you know, you mentioned the Black Label. I mean, I just keep hearing that this whole line is being looked at very scrutinized, mm-hmm. just uh, completely. And, and I, also that there's a lot of scrutinizing of, of management involved in um, the debacle. Yes, and mm-hmm. I hear that Pam Lifford mm-hmm. is looking under every stone to make sure that that stone needs to be there and that wall. Yeah. Well, and uh, we will see some walls coming down, I think. Um, well, that, that's fine. So, I mean, they, so they, they did make a bunch of announcements, actually, and put a bunch of classic graphic novels under the Black Label imprint. So we'll, we'll have to see. Uh, it would be a shame, it seems to me, to for that strategy to be completely uh, derailed by a uh, really uh, uh, stupid mistake. Something so stupid it's hard to even describe. But, <laughs> um, but we, we we will see. Yes. I mean, we shall see. We shall see how how the, how it plays out. Since yes. it sounds well, like the, the was, issues still to go. Yes. yes. Yeah. Excuse when me. I was talking about the whole Batman damn debacle with some friends of mine who are comics fans, not comics professionals, 
a lot of them were like, really? Because that seemed like a really successful publicity stunt. I mean, a stupid one, but really successful. And I was like, I don't know what to tell you, but it gets in the way of selling lunchboxes. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I have to say, I mean, I don't think anything will get in the way of selling Batman lunchboxes. I don't care how stupid they do, they do something. Uh, I, I, to, to me, this is, this is all taking place on the, uh, the business side mm. and the hierarchy side. I don't really see it impacting the culture around Batman. Batman is just too popular a character. Yeah. Uh, but I do, it is making people inside DC wonder apparently well, about the competence. Listen, I mean, this of, is not, <laughs> this is not even back channel chatter. I yeah. mean, although God knows there was a ton of that. I mean, in interviews with Dan DeDio and Jim Lee have really talked about how yeah. Pam Lifford wants to have a very, uh, you know, yeah. consistent view of DC's characters. And, uh, she does come for the consumer products, uh, arm and, and, you know, she's used to licensing. So, I mean, apparently there is some, some dispute yeah, over well, whether these Elseworlds versions of the and, DC characters are, you know. And we've talked about it in the past, but I mean, I really do think that if you don't, um, adjust the, the certain characters for a new audience, you're, you're dooming yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, but I don't know that this necessarily contradicts that. It's one thing to have Elseworld stuff clearly marked. It, it, it's another thing to you know, make various experiments or innovations. And it's another thing to veer wildly off course. Yes. <laughs> you know, like as as witness last year's Captain America debacle as witness, you know, the whole Taco Whiz incident with Wonder Woman, which people did not forgive for 20 years. <laughs> um, that, that there, you know, you can definitely allow for experimentation while still trying to keep a vision for the character, a concept well, for the character. Well, I- I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, yeah. th- th- this is what's so shocking about the, the the bizarre incident of Batman Dam. That yeah. You, that you would need, you know, that all the levels of editorial review that you would assume would be in place, someone would say, you know, maybe Batman's PP isn't a good idea. But, but it's not just that. It's the fact that they went to denial mode. Instead of saying... Oh yeah, it was a mistake. Oh, we it shouldn't was a have done that. Mistake. But it was a printing error. Printing Don't error. you know? And it's just like, like, That's come on. It makes you look like either a liar or incompetent. Well, true. Just own well, up true. to it. Just it's be like, bad. you know what? That was a bad choice. Yeah. Yeah. Moving on. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. But uh anyway, there was more to come on that. And yeah. you know, yeah. just touching on Marvel. It's just, a gift that keeps on giving. As we said, you know, I think they really brought back a lot of their legacy characters. And you know, last year it was all Marvel. But, uh, what have they done this week? And but it was mostly the fans. I will say internally, Marvel was very, very confident about what they were doing because that's Marvel. So this year, a lot of turmoil at DC, but behind the scenes. Yeah. yeah well, I think uh, uh, speaking of you know knowing what's good about characters. I do feel like the turmoil among fans last year at Marvel was felt, was hugely felt in the pocketbook of Marvel. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think that that is why they played it relatively safe this year. Mm-hmm. And they allowed, you know, some standout works like Black Panther and like Spider-Verse to, and, and to a lesser extent, less standing out for content and more standing out just for its place in the legacy, the first part of Infinity War. They just allowed those to carry things through and they just decided to 
you know, maybe just do a good, solid business-as-usual year and not try to get fancy. And that's really what they needed. Yeah. And I also want to point out, I know Marvel's very maligned about all of their missteps where representation and diversity is concerned. I've got to say, in this year, they really hired a lot yeah. of very diverse writers. There's a big article yeah. vibe about it. And just, you know, they have e-viewing, a very yeah, distinguished yeah, stitch, yeah. historian, African-American writing, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the Ironheart book. Uh, they also have uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates ongoing, yeah. Evan Narcisse, Brian Hill, yes, really yeah, big yeah. breakout star yes, this year. Yes. Nettie Okorafor, the acclaimed, mm-hmm. award-winning science fiction writer. Uh, David Walker. So, you know, they also have Sal- yeah. uh, Saladin Ahmed just yeah. took over yes. writing Ms. Yeah. Marvel. You know, I mean... So there's... Yeah. I, you know, people don't want to give them credit because they say that's just how things should be. But you know what? Yeah, I'm really happy for all yes. these writers that they are working. Yes, so. I am. And I think I almost feel like it's that they've gotten past the These are pain. battleships. And these battleships... They are trying to turn these battleships around. Yes, yeah. they are. And, and I think... I think... How should we put this? Last year, Marvel kind of ran into some stuff as they were trying to turn that battleship. Um, some maybe islands of junk that shouldn't have been there in the first place. And, you know, now now they've kind of cleared the way a little. They, they've passed that learning curve and maybe they're past some of these right. issues right. a little bit. All right. They've learned. Yeah. Well, so points to them for learning. Yes, points absolutely. Yes, points for learning. Yeah. Um, and also, well, speaking of Marvel... The Battleship Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm. You know, we say every year, how big can it get? And this year, it got bigger than ever and led by Black Panther. Yeah, absolutely Black Panther. Yes, I mean, that was absolutely one of the top stories of the year. Just, you know, it made more money uh, domestically than Infinity War. Well, and that was deserved. Yes. That was deserved because... How will we put this? It's how do you... Yeah, go on. I'm sorry. Infinity War was more, almost more of a product or a monument than a movie. It was something everything led up to. It was an event. It was an event. An event picture. Whereas Black Panther was a fully realized movie and a really good story. And I think that the success of Black Panther, what I hope is learned from it, is that it doesn't matter how much buildup you give. It doesn't matter how many years of of beating the drum. You a good movie, a really good movie, will top it. Yeah, and I, I mean, listen, I also love Infinity War. No, I gotta say, but, I mean, it, but it's but no I, Black I, Panther. I, we, we, it's no Black Panther. Um, and I, I will say for the MCU, uh, you know, since they got rid of Ike Perlmutter, the movies are soaring, really, and they're allowing filmmakers to really, you know, the thing that made Black Panther great was hiring Ryan Coogler. Yeah, yeah it's really amazing. And letting him do his thing. letting him do And he hired an incredible team. I mean, we're, we're um, having serious discussion around this thing. Is it getting a Best Picture? Well, I mean, um, it already got a Best If If Black Panther does not get a Best Picture nomination for the Oscars, there will be rioting, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, so, it, it definitely... Uh, you know, checked all the boxes of... Uh, and even... I'm if that startled. dumb green, green book movie wins... Well, ugh. I haven't seen it, but it sounds... It's not going to win. It's not going to win. I don't know, Kate. Yeah, we'll see. It's driving Miss Daisy for our time. Yeah, right? Driving um, ego. But let's not go there. Let, let's focus on what we're talking about here. But um, it, it, the move... The, yes, it dominated box office. But, I, I mean, what's, what's almost equally... What is equally, you know, if you're not, you know, counting money... Is just the the quality of this movie, the quality of the script, 
the extraordinary acting in it, um, it really takes superhero movies to an entirely different level of art. It really did. And, uh, you know, the set decoration, the costume, oh, the costumes yeah. were... Now, I'll tell you, if Ruth Carter doesn't win yeah. the Oscar for costume design, then there will also be there more also writing. Be. I mean, it was just so extraordinary. So. And, uh, you know, Wakanda Forever resonated with so many people. They are, you know, it just became, quickly became part of... The culture and uh, it, it's really rare, rare for a movie to have so much expectation and to live up to it and really surpass it. And you know, and again, it was a huge success. It was a huge success worldwide. And uh, just you know, kudos to uh, everyone. And, and I do have to. I mean, I, I've said this before, just very quickly, that Marvel has come up with an amazing um, hybrid. For they they've managed to to combine. The serialization of traditional comic books with the blockbuster uh, um, c- scenarios uh, that uh, that that come out of Hollywood, and it's pretty amazing combination. I mean, Black Panther is kind of the highest form of of evolution of this thing, but Infinity Wars, which which was fine, I liked it. I'm not, I wasn't, you know, I, I did like it, but they've created a form where you have to see it. You, you, you really do have to see these movies because they're cultural events. Even if they're not, they're always entertaining. Even if they don't always rise to the level of, of great art. Uh, but they're also this, you're, you're part of a community of discussion yes. around them. Yes. So you've got to see them. I mean, the fandom, the shipping, the, you know, the, All of it. the spinoffs, the memes, everything about it. I mean, it's just become set. It's the biggest thing in our culture right now is these Marvel movies. And yep. a friend of mine was trying to avoid one of them. And literally, just by, like, the GIF posts on other people's blogs and Tumblrs and Facebooks, she's like, I... I I literally just from these gift posts I know everything well, that happened to this that's movie. That's why I'm just saying it's like if you want don't want it spoiled you got to go like opening night because it is going to be all yeah. over the place uh, the next day and also like uh, Marvel's brand was so strong that even Venom was a huge hit in China it was enormous it was yeah. and it was enormous here I, I don't think Venom was huge in China because it was a Marvel <laughs> movie I think Venom was huge in China because Venom was a concept that you don't need to understand Marvel to get. Yeah, it, is, it is. I, I, I actually have, didn't see it, but I know Venom, people seem to. Venom it, is. It was kind of the surprise hit. Yeah. Well, I mean, whatever. It's like it seemed like whatever Marvel touched in yeah, the movies in, in 2018 just turned into, you know, diamond gold. Yeah. And also, um, we're going to talk about this more time, more next in our first show of 2019 after mm-hmm. you guys have had a chance to see it. But. Uh, it's not an MCU movie, but it is kind of, you know... It uh, is a Marvel movie. It's a kind of a side-eye yeah. Marvel movie. Uh, it's, you know, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. You know, I loved Thor Ragnarok. I cried at Black Panther, but Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, I'll tell you guys, it is the best pure comic book movie of all times. I mean, they just... They've got everything. Better than The Incredibles? They've got, yes, because The Incredibles did not directly reference Bill Sienkiewicz's work in the Daredevil graphic novel, <laughs> novel or <laughs> Frank Miller. I, it, you know, it takes everything that Frank Miller should have done in the spirit and, and distills it down into like three scenes. I mean, oh, that's all I'm going to say. We'll talk about it more okay. when you guys all have right. seen well, it. It's hard to, right. and, but it, it's just a triumph for these characters. It's a, a, just an absolute triumph. Yeah. For these concepts, they are so part of our culture right now. Right. And yeah. in a year that saw Solo falter and, uh, you know, Star Wars kind of show feet of clay. All um, right. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think, I think actually, 
this is an argument for animation. Like, part of, even just from the little spoilery bits that I've seen, part of what allowed Spider-Verse to be Spider-Verse was the fact that it was animated. They could oh, pull all these 100%. things. 100%. And I think 100%. that in the rise of live-action superheroes, which, no offense, live-action superheroes are awesome, I feel like the animated side has fallen by the wayside. And maybe Spider-Verse will make people take a second well, look at that. You know, like I said, you guys go see it. Let's talk about it next yeah, time. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, it was another year, obviously, uh, outside of uh, Marvel, the biggest thing of the year was streaming and over-the-top services, sure. and comics are ruling there yeah, as well. Absolutely. Um, you know, one of the Netflix surprise hits was the end of the beep-beep world uh, based on the Chuck Forsman <laughs> yes. comic, and, you know, they're making another series based yeah. on a Chuck Forsman comic. Yes, yeah, pretty How is amazing. that even possible? Um the Arrowverse on CW, yeah. was, you know, yes. Riverdale continues. Yeah. Sabrina debuted. Uh, mm-hmm. They're they're just real quick. There's a story uh, that the ten most anticipated TV shows next year, including streaming and mm-hmm. broadcast, which who cares about yeah. broadcast anymore? Five of them are based on comic books. Yeah. So you know that wow. is nowhere nowhere does that uh, slowing down. Yes, and then somewhere mysteriously there's a D, there's a Disney streaming service being prepared. Disney Plus. Yeah, said that we're waiting to feed. Let, and let's then we be also, honest. I'm yeah. not going to watch be watching that until. They get to that uh, Pedro Pascal uh, Star Wars TV show, in which case I will have the... Ooh, the Mandalorian. <laughs> the Mandalorian. Yes. And I, I will not uh, be probably buying the streaming service before or after that, but I will enjoy it while I do. Well, there you go. Okay. Just get somebody's um, password. Yeah, okay. there you go. I, I'll get it so you can use my password. We would, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention DC Universe, uh, which I have not seen, uh, but it's out there. Yes, um, that's right. Warner Brothers launched its own mm-hmm. little DC-themed streaming service, service lit. Yeah. And, so. uh, yeah, more to come. Um, all right. Uh, okay, now here's a juicy bit. The mm. year in comics, culture, and scandals. Mm. Where do we begin? Mm. Um... Uh, well, you know, comics culture, uh, y- you know, uh, I have all these things jogged down there. Well, you know, you were talking, uh, me- Calvin, about the graphic novels in the New York Times. Yeah, well, you know, this is, uh, um, uh, ever since the New York Times dropped its graphic novel bestseller list, uh, the comics community has sort of been lobbying the Times, you know, one way or another to, to, to see if they would bring it back. Well, they're not going to bring it back, but they did throw us a bone. And the bone really was to to start regular uh, graphic novel columnists, uh, and to to appoint two of them. One of them the, was, is the critic Hillary Shute. The other one is novelist, um, general writer, editor uh, Ed Park. And uh, so they have had an interesting beginning. Um, <laughs> you know, it's fairly low key as the Times does things. But um, right out of the shoot, uh, they were writing, I mean, um, Hillary shoot, so to speak. Um, you know, she has written about uh, Your Black Friend. Um, uh, what else has she written about? She wrote about migrant, um, migrant workers, uh, excuse me, uh, forced migration. Uh, some of the books on that. Um, and also Ed Park wrote about Sabrina and about All the Answers and some other books. Yeah. 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 But, I mean, I think it's just significant that they they – they, they hired them. They pretended that they were upping their coverage, and then it's like a monthly column that shifts between different writers. Yeah. So it really wasn't that much, but uh, anyway. But, you know, it, it's something. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, we saw... Conven- Thank you for your crumbs, New York Times. Yeah. May I, mean, I have another? We continued to see conventions, obviously. It was another yeah. year of 
uh, you know, ups and downs in the convention scene. Um, I think the bigger shows have kind of stabilized. San Diego, New mm-hmm. York, they're sold out. Uh, we can just, Emerald City was great. Uh, and a lot of celebrity cons were coming and going. There was a lot of change there. And there uh, were a lot of celebrities getting scammed by yes, their cons. Yes, there were, yes. But, uh, you know, Ace Comic Cons, uh, started mm-hmm. up. Fandemic started up. There's this new one called Celebrity Fan Fest that's just starting up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just today, I saw that Walker Stalker is canceling some shows. Wizard has cut down the number of shows that they are doing. Um, and San Francisco Comic Con is cut. Um, so, you know, uh, there was definitely ups and downs. The shakeout. There was definitely it's a shakeout. Finally you know, arrived. and certainly anime. You know, anime shows came back to New York. We had a little con war, mini con war there mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, and for the record, anime NYC was the winner yes. by far. Oh yeah, yes. yeah, easily, easily. Um, on the scandal side of the uh, ledger, um, the uh, lawsuit by Cody Pickrod against the eleven uh, uh, comics artists. Um, uh, you know they have since responded uh, with a you know with a defense fund, but 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 that that and also some countersuits and well. there's a, there have been countersuits yes. um, and I haven't uh, you know I've only I only know a little bit about it, but I do know that uh, um, Whit Taylor has uh, countersuit against mm-hmm. uh, yes. countersuit against yes. him. Uh, but also what I found interesting about that suit, uh, and it's an issue I think that these organizations are going to have to grapple with going forward, particularly the Comic Book Legal Defense Fund. Uh, how its constituency sees what it does. Uh, and I think that's something that the organization has got to, to think about and maybe do a better job. I mean, I felt that the, the community doesn't really understand what CBLDF does. Yes, but at the same time, I also think that what the CBLDF was started to fight against doesn't exist anymore. So, you know, obviously they've retrenched their battles a little bit, but you know what? I think everybody needs to really think about what they're doing with yeah. all of this right now. And yeah, you know, I saw no more. reason to go on autopilot. No, but I, yeah, exactly. You know, the like CBLDF was created to fight a new Frederick Wortham. Uh, you know, it's very, it's you know, freedom of speech is not an issue right now. <laughs> we well, I mean, not, I think most people would disagree with that. I mean, I certainly disagree with it, but that, not, that that's fine. It, um, it's not not an issue. It's just it certainly that isn't not there an are issue. Plenty of other issues that have come to the fore as well. Well, we have too much speech now. But, but, oh dear. Well, I'm not well, sure there is such a concept there, that I, well, in the I, Constitution. Well, okay, is too our, much our, speech. Unfortunately, one of the biggest stories of the year was all the comic skaters, okay? Yes, and that's absolutely. What, and that's what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about the fact that everybody has a channel now, and we're seeing the truth is, uh, you know, washed away by a sea of lies, you know? Well, that's absolutely the case. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't mean, listen. Yeah, I don't have a, I don't have a retort listen, to that. Don't get me wrong. I'm In the a, era of social I'm, media, we have to agree with right. that. Right, and I am a First Amendment purist, and of course, speech will always be threatened because we see that happening all the time as well. But I'm just saying, like right now, we have, uh, you know, this was a huge thing this year, and I mean, you could just kind of a comics gate, you know, you could just step away from it mm. and not pay attention to it. But people were being harassed, people were being threatened, yeah. people were being abused, people were losing their jobs because of this on both sides okay and um you know i think uh, this ended up with the comics gate uh, ringleader suing mark wade for defamation mm-hmm. claiming that or not defamation actually that he had impinged his business yeah. by suggesting that uh, you know comics mm-hmm. press not publishes his work um and we then we saw like kind of a big 
uh, I haven't even kept up with it, but it seems that the whole movement has imploded a bit because uh, the two ringleaders, Ethan Van Sciver and mm. Richard Meyer, both allied themselves with Fox Day, who is an unabashed yeah. white supremacist, and it seems that was too much for some people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Fox Day, there are a lot of things wrong with Fox Day. We don't have enough time for all the things no, wrong with Fox don't, Day. No, we don't, but this was... Uh, He's also a terrible writer. Yeah, and I mean, this was unfortunately, I mean, really, at the larger picture of things, uh, it was, you know, Twitter's uh, ongoing inability to not be sociopaths. Facebook's brutal uh, exploitation of our personal memories. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. also, you know, Tumblr. We just talked about that in our last episode, how Tumblr, you know, is, is, killing is killing itself. So, you know, there was a huge upheaval in social media. And, um, you know, I mean, it's not really a scandal per se, but it's really changing how we have the conversation. I think a lot of it's moved to Discord now. That seems to me... Um, yeah, the problem with Discord is that Discord's basically just a private chat room. Yeah. That's basically yeah. all Discord is. Yeah. It's so not it, even it, as good as CompuServe was in its day. It's, it's really only there for taking conversation, pre-existing conversations to a private location, which is fine as an adjunct, but it's really not what I would call social media. I mean, poisonous speech, venomous speech have always been with us. There, it, it, it has a wider platform now because we're all little individual broadcasting stations with the, with the rise of technology. But the, but books are still being like challenged in libraries. Books are still being challenged and taken out of, of school libraries. Um, school newspapers from universities to high schools are still being like suppressed by administrations who won't let them write actual, uh, um, uh, clear and well written articles. Um, if they don't particularly like it. So all of these issues, I mean, these classic First Amendment issues still exist Abs- in the absolutely. culture of course they alongside are. a whole new rage, rage or, or an amplification of a yes. long time problem because social media, social media gives platform to our worst impulses. Uh, well, uh, it's like, but all of these things are issues. It's like it's, it, our entire discourse is turned into Usenet circa 1996 yeah. and that is really awful. So there'll be more to come. Oh on yes, all this, unfortunately, for sure. there will be a lot more to come. Um, so, uh, Kate, what were the biggest stories of the manga world? Well, one story which has sort of been brewing, but the evidence has only just come out recently—that is to say, this month—is um, that in the, the manga sales are, are significantly up in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, that. Bookscan recently released their ranking for top 20 adult graphic novels of November, and 12 out of 20 were all manga, which is not the way it has been in, you know, recent yeah. years. Manga had been on a slump, and that slump is is coming to an end. Um, it's ended. It's definitely ended. It's yeah. ended. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we, we just had a feature um, the other week on how uh, numbers for... Uh, ironically 2017 have finally been released by the manga industry um, saying that they hit you know 19 billion dollars that they're at new highs for the anime manga sort of related pool of money as it were because of of digital and streaming and a wider variety of outlooks. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I remember on this uh, very podcast, probably around the time we first started when manga was going into a slump, you know, we were like, in Japan, there's no new 
franchises, what's yeah, to become of us. And you know, it just shows it, that every well, time. It took a while. But yeah. it, it took did, a while but and it came back. It did come back. But I, I just, you know, anytime you're like, oh my God, are people ever going to create new things? You know, along. The answer is oh, yes. Yes. I mean, along comes <laughs> the My Hero Academia sure. and all these other like incredible series which have totally revitalized all of this. A new generation so, of yeah. Sellers. You know, people must, must create. They mm-hmm. really must. So. Um, so yeah, um, so yeah, so manga oh, lives. Yeah, and you, you know, I, we didn't talk, this should have been up top, so I apologize for it, but we didn't mention one of the biggest stories of the year, just in that number, it was that Dave Pelkey's, uh, oh. new Dogman book is five million, five yeah. million, uh, first printing. Five yeah. million. You know, he's a huge author. Oh, uh, you know, yeah. and he has, Shifted from kind of the illustrated book to the graphic yeah, novel medium. Yeah. Um, you know, Raina Togelmeyer announced two books for next year, Guts and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a book about how to make comics for, uh, mm-hmm. for younger readers. One with a million copy first printing yes. and the other one with a half a million yes. copy so, first printing. So, you know, so, the comics are not dying. Yeah, comics these are, are not I mean, these are dying. numbers unheard of. I mean, it, yeah, they're, they're Stephen King type numbers. Yes, yes, we are fully arrived. Okay, so uh, we're getting down to, you know, kind of the Maggie Thompson uh, part yes. of our um, our show today, the In Remembrance. Well, it was, you know, we really lost just a whole generation. I think it was, it was you know, it was like 2018 was 2016 for comics. And that, of course, we lost Stan Lee mm-hmm. and Steve Ditko yeah. with a few months of one another, both mm-hmm. in their 90s. Um, you know, we also lost Harlan Ellison. I mean, he was yes. an adjunct oh, right, to, sure. mm-hmm. to comics. But, you know, he was one of the first m- main cultural figures who really championed comics. And he wrote a mm-hmm. lot of comics. He certainly had a big impact in the entire world of nerddom, uh, absolutely. And, of course, Marie Severin also died at age 87, um, another original bullpenner. And, uh, you know, I think... Um, I was, you know, she was such a great cartoonist. She really should have ranked way higher mm-hmm. in the great cartoonist list. Not just like, oh, by the way, you know, yeah. she's a good woman. For a woman, she's a good cartoonist. She was just a great cartoonist. She could draw anything. And, uh, anyway, I mean, it's, it's, it's very sad to have lost these people. Yes. Um, I guess this is the point at which there would be a really awkward clip show. With like <laughs> pictures of sunsets and and you know characters. Well, you know, Stan. Past, Stan but, uh, is far from done. Uh, he already filmed cameos for a couple. That's more right. Marvel so movies. we we, we so, he's, he's, yeah he's, he's going to be around for a while. Sobs in the audience yes. when he shows yeah. up. Yes. Well, it'll be interesting to see certainly in Avengers Endgame, uh, which by the way they finally released the trailer for Avengers Four and gave it its name Endgame. So uh, yes. Yeah, and, oh, I, and speaking of that, uh, a little quirky trivia someone as soon as he found out that was the title bought that domain name yes he did and made it an ad for deadpool yes and uh ryan reynolds like gave him this like super deluxe gin <laughs> like suitcase that's amazing that they didn't they didn't uh you know marvel didn't well i think what it was used for was innocent enough that marvel didn't freak yeah, but I'm saying as, as usually, like if you're planning something, you I you bought you, you buy, buy all the URLs. But I think they yeah. might have also not wanted to tip their hats. So. Yeah, because like things have been spoiled that way before. That is true. Because yeah. people keep their eye out. That yeah. is true. Yeah. Um, well, Calvin, uh, you and Meg 
sat down and talked about yeah. the year in comics also for the critics poll, right? Yeah, we we, we talked a little bit, and Meg uh, is uh, on her way back from maternity leave, and actually, uh, Young Baker actually joined in on the oh, uh, Baker. Had, some, had some comments of as well. They were uh, they were incomprehensible to me, but they seemed on point. So we're going to talk a little bit about the critics poll. She put it together, and maybe some books that didn't quite make it into the uh, into the best books list or other things. So uh, that's coming right up. Okay, uh, we're back. Uh, well, we're, we're, this is sort of a delayed return to stargazing. And, and in fact, it's going to be the stargazing year in review with the, uh, PW Graphic Novels review editor, Meg Lemke, who has been away, but is returning. Uh, welcome back, Meg. Hello. Here's Why were you missing again? So to speak. If you hear two, uh, you know, breaths in my <laughs> recording, the other, the other source of oxygen is, uh, strapped to me. It's my little baby. I love it. Cool. His name is Baker and he was born in mid-September. Great. Well, uh, <laughs> welcome to this world, Baker. We're going to look at the graphic novels critics poll, um, which we announced, I think it was last week, um, uh, the winner mm-hmm. was Michael Cooperman's, uh, all the answers, a really, a really moving, uh, look at his home family history. The uh, story is credited to PW staff, but, uh, Meg Limke is the force behind the graphic novel critic. I know, play. it's the only project for BW I did on my maternity leave because, I love, you know, you, I promised Calvin I would, but well, also. We didn't want to bother you, but we really, I, <laughs> I can't thank you enough for doing it. <laughs> but let's go, let's look behind the curtain. Um, you know, tell us a little bit about how you put it together. Mm-hmm. And then let's go down the list and maybe, you know, talk about some of the books that, you know, didn't win, but, you know, really the basis for why we do this is really just to throw a wider kind of searchlight over the category of graphic novels. So I'm inheriting this. So the critics poll is very simple. You know, we write to a body of critics and ask them to list 10 books that are their best of the year and to rank them. Mm -hmm. And not everyone participates, you know, it's it's optional. So I think that like any of these lists, like part of what's fascinating and fantastic about it is it's so subjective. Um, You know, there's a, there's a character of the list that has to do with who responds. <laughs> so, like, we may have um, something that comes up. Actually, I think annually talking about this list is whether there's enough manga, for example, on it. Yeah, and, I mean, um, and I think that's an issue um, as well. But right. But notably, like, I don't want to name names, but some of our manga reviewers didn't write back this year, and like, I think we would have seen more manga. Some of the folks who I typically am able to tap to do manga reviews, so. For sure, some manga appears on the poll, and I want to chat about that. Um, but I think especially in the longer list, so we do, you know, a simple tally to see who the winner is. Mm-hmm. In case of a tie, you know, there's some um, algorithm we'd run to see who, how the rankings fell. Mm-hmm. That, that that hasn't happened, at least in the two polls I've worked on. There's been someone who's, you know, um, well ahead. But we have a long list of honorable mentions at the end. So we tally the, the votes that, you know, up to – to vote winners um, and give more detail about them, but then we run a really long list of every book that received one vote. And I think yes. there you see the like deep diversity of the taste of our critics. Yes, there's some complete discoveries, and I want to spend a little time in this conversation talking about those books as well. And let me just jump in because you did mention ties because we did have a tie mm-hmm. for third place uh, between yeah between uh, four four <laughs> titles uh, right. uh, brought in four votes each. So, um, so we, we can, we can talk a little bit about that as well. Yeah. And that's a great list too. I mean, again, you see, um, I, well, let's, you know, for example, let's compare this. We were just talking about this before we got on tape, 
with the best books of the year. So Calvin mm-hmm. and I also collaborate on putting together Publisher Week, Publishers Weekly's best books of the year list, which is five titles. And all of those books received a star review in the magazine. So we've actually talked about every title on the best books <laughs> list before in Stargazing because we talk about star review books on this yeah. segment of the podcast. But um, many of the books on the Critics Poll did not receive a starred review, which often means that a critic who chose to speak about it in the poll wasn't the critic who happened to review it. You know, yeah. like you're seeing that some that books hit people different ways. You know, yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> uh, well, let's go down the list right here before we run out of time. Yeah, of uh, let's do it. So, um, Cooperman uh, won, uh, obviously for um, uh, all the answers for all the answers. Um, but let's go down to the second place winner. So the second place winner is uh, a, like a real indie sleeper, at least from terms of critical acclaim. Might be I would love to know how the sales have gone uh, for this title yeah. from Kyla Roberts. Um, she uh, has many fans, and what I think we see here by taking second place on our poll is that she has a lot of critical fans. Oh, she's yeah. she's mm-hmm. showed up on a number of year end lists. Um, I'm a personal like huge fan of Kyler's, and I think what's cool about her is that way that you think like this wit is just speaking to you but obviously it's speaking to at least five other people <laughs> yeah and, I, and also i thought it was interesting to point out that you know her her former book her, her previous graphic memoir yeah, also showed up um, on the you know also was picked um in the 2017 uh but not uh, second place Sunday. you know it showed no, it up um, but it got multiple votes it did yeah yeah it got multiple votes um last year so all right, second place. Uh, let's look, let's move on to third place. Uh, that's where we have the four place tie. We did. Um, and I, in, in putting the poll together, I, we also asked the reviewers about trends, you know, what they're seeing as trends. And Maya Kobabi, one of our reviewers, spoke to the trend of trans and non-binary, non-binary voices and characters in comics. Um, Kobabi actually listed a number of other creators who show up in the longer list, mm-hmm. but it speaks as well to the, this, you know, three of the titles that came in fourth place, particularly Tommy Parrish, who uses the pronoun they, them, the line, how we told it. Yeah. So that's a creator. And then both um, the Prince and the Dressmaker and Kayla Nowak's Girl Town, you know, look at different relationships, inclusive of LGBTQIA. Yeah. So I think that they represent you know, the poll that Maya is speaking about. That, that, sorry, the trend that Maya is speaking and I, about. I don't think there's any doubt. She's absolutely right about that. I mean, that's that's kind of one of the bonuses now that this community really seems to be putting out some really terrific work. And Maya doesn't use um, she/her. I should I should mention. In fact, yeah. rather than try and explain myself, Maya's pronoun of choice, I'm just going to point everyone to Maya's comic um, that that Maya writes and. There's a book coming out, in fact, from Lion Forge. Oh, what's the book? Um, I think I think it's called Gender Queer. Oh yes, sure, yeah, uh, yes, yes. I, in fact, I think it's on our uh, I think it's on our spring 2019 uh, list of, of uh, forthcoming. Oh, yeah, spring 2019. Yeah, we're not gonna. We're, so we're not I've gonna been, talk about I've been told that yet. Not to talk about it, but rather than me um, inarticulately describing this, I think that everyone should look at Maya's book to have a better understanding of no. um, the pronoun <laughs> okay. conversation. Um, and, uh, and now the other book in um, that received uh, four books, uh, Hartley Lynn's uh, Young Francis, which was yes. a PW best book. 
I loved Young Francis. I read it because Calvin adored it. And I, I, I had it. seen, well, and I, you know, I picked up Pope Hats over the years, but I mm-hmm. hadn't sat down and read the complete series. And this is one of the beauties of, um, having a volume now that, that pulls together an indie series. It's been long running. Um, it's, if you've ever worked in an office, you will love this book. Yes, it's absolutely captures that though, though that's, that's, you know, that's the context and atmosphere of the book. But really this book is about how two people, uh, you know, it's about friendship and in particular female friendship. I mean, speaking of uh, female friendship, uh, you really love Girl Town as well. I, I that, loved Girl Town. <laughs> and I, read to, it. I happen to know the books that Calvin likes because he's a real enthusiast. And he's, I, I don't care about it. When I like something, I let people know. next to my know. bookshelf. <laughs> but yes, Girl Town is really um, – uh, uh, yes, I, I, I'm not going to just gush, but uh, trust me, folks. Uh, go out and find it. Um, top Shelf published a book. Uh, I think I called it um, exquisitely illustrated short stories. <laughs> anyway. So let's get to the three votes. And the top uh, – well, top listed three votes. It's not – they all got three votes. I think at this point they're in um, alphabetical order by author's mm, last name. Right, yes. But is Sabrina by Janasso, which is also a Booker finalist. And so we were just looking at the review. Sabrina did not get a starred review. Um yeah even though it shows up on many year-end lists, but it shows up on our critics' poll. So this is another example of a title that um, you, when you when you poll a larger group of critics, you get, um, it rises up. And I, I read it, and it was on my list, which is one of the reasons it's on this list. And I think it's a fascinating and just really brutal book that mimics back to the reader the um, Orwellian world in which we currently live. Well, hello, Baker. Yeah, he's starting to assert himself. There you I'm go. Stand well, up and bounce him up and down while we continue talking. That's fine. So let's get – and we're running low on time. So let's get yeah. – we're going to try and go through this uh, very quickly. Um, the, sure. Sorry, Gavin. That's, that's okay. No, there's much to talk about. So um, the other three votes um, brought in our other PW Best book, which was Upgrade Soul by Ezra Clayton mm-hmm. Daniels from Lion Forge. I love that book. Um, you know, very powerful. I, you know, I called it s- soberly conceived. But it really is this uh, look at – the nature of of how humanity is is uh, constructed within the realm of a kind of a science fiction story. And then, hey kiddo, by Jarrett Krasowska. 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 I think it's and, Krasowska. Krasowska. And hey kiddo is also um, a young adult book. Yes. It's a middle grade novel, and the poll does include YA, which essentially are YA crossover books. We don't. Mm. Um, though I want to mention again, like in terms of like the behind the scenes and the weeds about the poll, we don't include um, like one shot online online comics or mini mini comics that didn't have trade distribution. Yeah, they have to be trade books, yes. Right, which I think again will differentiate us. I've seen some books that I think would have been my favorite things I read this year, but that don't go on this poll, and in part because PW is for the book trade, and so I think a lot of those mini comics will end up in books. We'll see them. We'll get our chance. Yes. In a couple of years when those mini comics go into the collection put out by Fanographics or John Quarterly or Pantheon of those, those artists' work. All right. We've got a long list of two votes. Uh, so yeah. let's go down this very, very quickly. Sure. You go ahead. You, you go right ahead. Okay. So also on the two votes list is Be Prepared by mm-hmm. Vera Brosgall, um, a witty, lively, beautifully drawn autobio story about learning to fit in and stand out at summer right. camp. Yep. So that's Shannon Garrity, mm-hmm. um, the reviewer. Why Art by Eleanor Davis, a book I love. That's yeah. a great gift book. Here yes, we are. Yes. If you're hearing this before the Christmas buying season, 
That's by Eleanor Davis. I don't know if I said that already. Women World by Amandara Dawali, which is a fantastic. It is, and I'll jump in and say this: I got, I was had the pleasure of uh, uh, moderating a panel that she was on at uh, in San Diego, and it was. Uh, this is a hilarious and it's funny and smart. My Solo Exchange Diary by Nagati Kabi, which is manga. Yes, it is. Yeah, and, <laughs> and it's a sequel. sequel to mm-hmm. uh, uh, her book last year. Which I think actually uh, showed up higher on the list, which reflects, I think, you know, a sequel. I think it was, and it was a PW Best book last year. Yeah, it was. The first one. Um, Berlin by Jason Lutz, which I have to say, it surprised me it didn't, didn't get on the top. A, Not a formidable book. Um, I mean, I think uh, it's uh, because of the way it was published, it affected our considerations uh, uh, for best book. Um, mm. wasn't there some, you know, because it's, you know. Oh, actually, sorry to say, Calvin, it's because it, the, it didn't get a, a star review. Oh, that's right. It didn't get a star but review. We, we, but it did, it, that is probably affected by the way it was published because right. PW, PW reviewed the third volume of Berlin, right. like Berlin mm. 3 versus the whole collected Berlin. And that's because the prior volumes had been reviewed and PW doesn't review reprints. Yeah. But, um, but that's, this was the first time it, it has existed in its whole incomplete form. And it's very worth reading. And I think that um, it's just surprising to me because it's a lot of critics really love it, but for whatever reason didn't rise to our number yeah. one. I thought that um, it was going to be top contender, which I hope is just taken as a compliment by Jason Lewis if he's hearing this because yes. it's incredible. <laughs> yes, Jason, we love it. It's uh, incredible. It's interesting. I think because it's – I mean it's a formidable book, but it's really um, it's really a masterpiece in its own right. Um, but um, maybe because it's kind of been around a while that people kind of – maybe wanted to give something else a chance. I'm not quite sure. Everyone acknowledges that this is one of the great, uh, great books of the year. Um, it's true. Maybe that people didn't think of it. People have been reading it all along and it just didn't, mm-hmm. I have no idea. I don't want to, <laughs> it, it, it certainly showed up on the critics poll. So it got that acknowledgement. Um, and then the adventure zone by McElroy and folks. There's a long list. Um, and yes. <laughs> yes. And yeah. people love this book. It's yeah. got a lot of fans. It's based on the Adventure Zone podcast. Yeah. And um, it's and a then, huge bestseller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From Lone Mountain by John Porcelino, which yeah. is coming mm. out of um, King Cat. Come Again by Nate Powell. I have to say this is on my list. And in yeah. fact, a quote here is from me. Uh, it's a beautiful book. It's a it period. really is. And, and a well-told tale. Uh, my Boyfriend is a Bear, which I actually didn't put on my list, but I wish I had because I, that book was delightful. I, I found it completely charming, too. I read it. I didn't have it on my list, but I, I don't object to anyone putting it on their list. No, it's and an um, several people did. Yeah, anyway, we're, just I loved My Boyfriend is a Bear and uh, pretty much as much as you did. <laughs> it's a, If you haven't picked it up yet, it's really another good gift book, you know? Like if you want to give a book to someone that will just brighten their day. Um, art comic by Matthew Thurber. I actually just gave my copy to an artist who lives downstairs from me. Um, people love this book and it got two votes on our list, but I've heard a lot of people talk about it. I think that it's a really like a comics comic yeah. because, uh, it skewers art school, which many cartoonists have attended. <laughs> yes. Or been oppressed by or been kicked out of or, you know, didn't satisfy. I mean, right. arts, uh, comics artists and art school have a long history of antipathy. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. And the art world. I think that's it's a larger yes. you know, critique yes. of the art world. Um, then we have our long and amazing honorable mentions list, um, both After Hours Volume 2 and 3. 
were mentioned. And one thing I wished we could do, which, you know, obviously like the joke I have with Calvin is he always has to cut down my, my length of my articles as well as <laughs> my amount of time talking on the podcast. But I wish we could have put more quotes in the honorable mentions because we get some great quotes from reviewers. Um, but Kate actually from the, mm-hmm. one of the co-hosts of more, to, of more to come picked the after hours volumes. And uh, she wrote that Nishio's Yuri manga really hits its stride in volume two. It's a queer female romance that gets past like at first sight. Wait, sorry. Becomes a story about love, creative inspiration, and the ways music can bring people together. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, look, I'm going to, we're going to have to wind this up, but I do want to mention the one other, uh, I believe it's one other manga on the list, and that's uh, Dead Dead Demons, Dead 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 Destruction. Mm. Um, and by Inio Asana. Um, I mean, I love this book. I really think it's, uh, one of the most imaginative science fiction tales I've read in a long time, not, not to mention manga tales. And the story, uh, that focuses on two high school girl buddies, um, living under the constant, a weird, uh, one of the more stark and unusual, uh, alien invasions you'll encounter, uh, in science fiction. Uh, 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 uh an, an invader has hovered over Tokyo and has been for three mm. years. And even in the, even in the midst of, uh, of, of this looming whatever it is, uh, you know, you still gotta go to high school and you still gotta apply to colleges and life goes on. The other, actually, I think there are other manga on the book, or at least what I'm interpreting as manga, Fence, Volume 1. Uh, um, yeah. This is in the manga style. It may not yeah. be I think it's more manga, manga style than, than actually a, uh, a licensed Japanese manga. Right. What about, well, Ngangore Tagame's work? Uh, um, well, what do you think? If this is, well, that's definitely manga. I mean, it's manga, okay. though. It, Showed up on the list. It's just in English, if <laughs> I'm not mistaken. It did in English, right. Yeah. But look, um, you know what? We're going to have to wrap up this part okay. of the segment, yeah, you know, because we're running out of time. Well, read the poll yes. and draw your own conclusions. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Yeah, let me. I'll tell people go to publishersweekly.com slash comics, and you'll see our the uh, the twenty eighteen uh, graphic novel critics poll. And yes, and uh, welcome back, Meg, and welcome into the world, Baker. I know. Thank you so much. Okay. Well, great discussion as always. So you guys, this is our last podcast of 2018. Uh, we are taking next week off, folks. Yeah. So, you know, a little well-deserved rest. Um, but once again, please let us know. Let us know what you want to hear. Yeah. What do you want to hear us talk about? Give us an opinion. Let yeah. us know that you like podcast number. You pick a number out of the air but us you know i hear from a lot of people that you you love listening to this show because it gives you a nice succinct roundup of publishing news so you know i'm sure some of you like to hear that but you know uh do you want to hear us do more reviews of comics or you know more interviews do you want us to give us some suggestions yes do you want us to hear us cover more euro comics you are do you want to tell us how crappy our manga coverage is. <laughs> uh, do you do you want to tell us that we need you know more YA and kids stuff? Like, let us know, man. Yeah. Well, you guys, it was a heck of a year. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. a hell of a year. Yeah, we made it through it, and uh, we're you know we're gonna get a little rest next week, and we'll be back to do it all over again. Because there will always be more to come. 